welcome to our podcast, COP26 and the Journey to Change, a podcast brought to you by Visit Scotland's business events team. COP26 is all about change, the vital and necessary change we need to make not just as individuals, but as communities, countries and continents, the global journey of change to address climate change and its impact. In this podcast, we will be discussing how the issues of change and sustainability affect the business events sector, and also how business events can help bring about the change that we need. We will be questioning what we can learn from COP26 and what our industry can do to change itself. And we'll be examining the COP26 programme themes, including energy, nature, youth and science, to find those crucial intersections where business events can make a difference and help achieve the outcomes of COP26 and the UN Sustainable Development Goals. At Visit Scotland, we believe that business events are more than just meetings. We believe business events can be catalysts for social and economic change. As Scotland welcomes COP26, we welcome you to our podcast. Stay tuned, follow for new updates and enjoy. Welcome everyone, the session's about to begin. Please take your seat and make yourself comfortable. Please ensure your tea and coffee is topped up and feel free to shut down your emails and enjoy the session. Today we'll be discussing Scotland on the global stage, what COP26 means for Scotland beyond the event. To help us in our discussions, we're delighted to be joined by Rory Archibald, Associations and Sectors at Visit Scotland, and Neil Brownlee, Head of Business Events at Visit Scotland. And our guest host today is Fiona McKinnon. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you, delighted to be here. Thank you, Fiona. What we'd like to do today is just start with a discussion about what the campaign means for Visit Scotland and why we started it. So if I can start with you, Rory, can you tell us about the Journey to Change campaign and what it means for Scotland? Sure. The Journey to Change campaign, we officially launched that back in March of this year. Um, I think we had about four or 500 international um, attendees at our live um, virtual event, which is our first virtual event. Um, but it goes back much further than that. Um, that came into a concept back maybe October of 2019, there's been a massive movement within the business events industry globally um, for quite some time now, but it's really gathered pace over the last few years about what business events actually means for society. Um, we all know that it brings massive economic benefit to the country and to Scotland and to every country where business events uh, take place, but it can do so much more from a social sustainability point of view. Um, so we really looked at that. We looked at the UN Sustainable Development Goals. Um, we looked at the National Performance Framework from the Scottish Government. And we looked to align the strategy that we do to those two different um, initiatives. Um, Neil will touch on the policy-driven model, which is our core strategy um, for business events at Visit Scotland. And Journey to Change is very much the 
consumer face of that, really showcasing how we can use the different assets that Scotland have from our innovation centres and the policies of the Scottish government, our inward investment agencies, and how we can all work together to create something that benefits our local communities and all of society here in Scotland and internationally. We've picked out some really key themes such as sustainability, equality, inclusion, um, fairness of work, education, to showcase what's happening in Scotland and how different businesses, be it associations, incentive or corporate, can come to Scotland and join that conversation or join those movements or join those organisations. And oh, it sounds a little bit cheesy, but in creating a better world or a better tomorrow. Now, we're not saying that we are absolutely experts in all of these different things. But what we are saying is that when we come together, when we have the world's greatest scientists um, coming to Scotland, where we have the world's biggest thinkers in whatever corporate field it might be coming to Scotland, if we all work together, we can create something truly unique and truly special and something that's going to benefit society and benefit our communities, be that a, an international university collaboration, be that opening up new offices, be that opening up new think tanks, creating, forging new relationships between different directorates of the Scottish government with other um, governments internationally. Um, the, the opportunities are quite virtually endless. Um, and that's what Journey to Change is all about. You know, our culture, our heritage are always going to be a core part of Scotland. <laughs> it is what we do um, as a country, it's who we all are. Um, but this is just giving that additional messaging and that additional opportunity to do something that is going to help create a better world for the next generation. Well, who doesn't want that? <laughs> that, that sounds fantastic. So basically what you're saying is, for a conference organiser's point of view, we are reflecting back to them the values of their own organisation. And that gives a reason for bringing that event into Scotland. A hundred percent. You know, if there's an organisation out there, most organisations have, you know, really um, incredible corporate social responsibilities. And it's almost like a brand alignment. You know, if you're going to bring an event anywhere in the world, then you want to take that to destination, which, you know, quite frankly, is going to make your organisation look good or advance mm -hmm. the aims and objectives of your organisation. And so what we are saying is that we can help you achieve some of those aims and objectives. So you may come to Scotland and go um, to outdoor activities at Glen Eagles. You may come into one of our incredible cities of Glasgow, Aberdeen, Dundee, Perth, Stirling, Inverness. Um, but as well as the main subject of the conference or the incentive or the incredible activities and experiences you offer, we can also help really dig deep into your corporate social responsibility with your employees. Um, we can help add to what your organisation is doing to benefit um, society. That sounds fantastic. Now, as we all know, the presidency schedule for COP26 will be tackling some important subjects that resonate for many destinations across the world. Neil, I'm going to come to you on this one. Are there any particular subjects that you'll be paying close attention to? And if so, why? Certainly the the list of topics being addressed by COP26 go far beyond what I think most people in the street think it is covering. It's covering all sorts of um, different angles from finance to energy to nature to science and innovation. And the beauty of the policy-driven model that Rory just alluded to is that we are tying into all of these um, areas that need to be discussed in great detail at COP26. Prior to Journey to Change and prior to policy-driven model, we very much drove our business event strategy via sectors. So the sector level of um, some of these um, areas for discussion. But what we've done now with the policy driven model is to 
tie our strategic ambition and direction much higher up the cliff face of Scotland's ambitions, which, as Rory's mentioned, include the National Performance Framework and nearly 100 national indicators, which are quite granular. So I think the science and innovation will certainly be of interest to us and, and the finance and the energy and also youth and public empowerment. These are very big discussions at the moment, um, which mm. I hope will be part of keeping the politics and the science separate during COP26. It would be daft to sit here and not mention the transport discussion and or to pretend that business events and travel and transport are somehow not connected. Um, that's a very big part of business events, slightly going back to the how, the old way of how we used to sell Scotland as a business events destination, the how, how would my event work? How would we get there? That's still very topical. And moving forward, I feel that the discussion has changed since before the pandemic. I don't think the sustainable travel is the same discussion as it was before March 2020, although many people are trying to pretend or pick up where we left off. But I think moving forward, it's about how we travel. It's not it's not that we travel, it's how we travel. And it's the big thing for COP26 is to find out and perhaps give some direction as to exactly who is going to be responsible for driving that. Because I think there's a lot of disagreement around the world as to what counts as meaningful change in travel. It's certainly a big topic, and it certainly is for our for our industry. Um, Definitely, and I think when we do gather the, the greatest scientists or minds in the world on any given topic, which could be a local problem for Scotland, or it could be a, a European problem or a global problem, such as a pandemic. You know, it's a very mm-hmm. topical example, sadly, that we totally. have in front of us. Um, but when we get these people together, yes, they have to to be in the room. We get far more from being in a room together, as Greta Thunberg has said only last week. She did. She said you get more from meeting face to face. It is very hard to argue against that. So, you know, delighted Greta's on board with the advocacy of business events uh, on a face to face basis. But to be very serious for a moment, um, we feel in Visit Scotland Business Events and through the policy driven model, that in a way it's not sustainable for us never to meet each other again. It's not sustainable for us never to discuss things face to face. You can read the, the subtleties in someone's emotions or their eyes. And um, COP26 is very structured. It has a lot to get through. It has a lot of um, objectives. Um, but all of them, I'm happy to say, chime into the policy driven model. Fantastic. Thanks so much, Neil. Rory, is there anything that you are particularly looking out for with COP26 and the topics that are being discussed? The topics, as you know, as Neil says, you know, we have a role to play within every single one of them. And you know, this this podcast series is tackling or discussing um, every single subject matter that we have within the presidency schedule. Um, you know, it goes back to the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals that you know there are seventeen of them, and every single one of them has a part to play in climate and tackling the climate crisis. Um, so they don't all operate as individual um, areas. And that's one thing which I find fascinating with the UN SDGs is that we have to um, have fair work, education, universal health care, take people out of poverty, equality, diversity, inclusion, in order to tackle the, the the biggest crisis our world has ever seen. And that does not include COVID, it's, it's the, the climate crisis. Um, and so we have a part to play and we can play that part really well within the business events community and be a leading industry for all of those different areas, be it tackling them directly or be it highlighting them on a global platform. Um, so all the subject matters for 
the presence schedule I think are really important for us and that's why we are dedicating podcasts for every single one of them over the course um, of the next few weeks. Fantastic. Thanks so much for that, both of you. And now I think it's time to get a tea or a coffee. Thank you both very much. We'll head to a break. Please make your way to the foyer, where tea and coffee will be waiting for you. We'll see you back here soon. Don't be late. We won't wait for you. Right, that's the mics off. That seemed to go okay. So now we're on coffee. Oh, thank goodness. I know that latte's going down well. <laughs> so, Neil, are you a biscuit dunker? Oh, no. What on earth would make you think that? <laughs> Do I look like a biscuit dunker? <laughs> I'm not going to answer that. Rory, what's your favourite snack? Oh, that's a question. Mm. Um, I'm going to be pretend I'm really healthy and it's baked corn that you can get from Sainsbury's and it's salt and vinegar flavour. It's yum. No, we know that's not what you actually. Um, <laughs> Fiona, what's your favourite snack? Anything, basically, <laughs> anything sweet. And if so, because you two have gone to so many different conferences over the time, what what would you say is the one thing that you would recommend people take to a conference or a meeting with them when they go? What would you say, Neil? Um, I could say something really sort of, you know, out there, like go with an open mind. Um, yes, you could. You know, it's extremely predictable. Um, but I think, I th- well, tr- truthfully, mm-hmm. um, I've, I know from years of doing this that a very good keynote or a good session, that's a bonus. That's the yeah. icing on the cake. But you go to a conference for the networking and the job opportunities and meeting people and mm-hmm. engaging with your peers to have discussions with people who they alone understand what our jobs are and it'll be the same in any sector in any in any academic area yeah um so that's what i go to a conference for okay and rory i ask this with trepidation what's the best piece of advice you've ever received work related work related um go and work with mr brownlee at scotland (laughs) (laughs) we'd both agree to that no comment no comment um i think it was years ago when I worked at the Balmoral uh, with a very um, famous um, sales manager there who was just known by everybody in the city. And she always said that we're not salespeople, um, we are showcasing experiences or something like that. And that always stuck with me. You know, we I visit Scotland, we do profiling, we do marketing, we do sales, you know, we have all of our partners and stakeholders have got a fantastic sales team. It's that thing of, we're not selling, we are educating. That's what she said, it's educating. And educating people about how incredible Scotland is and how incredible the experiences are and the opportunities when you come here. And that's always stuck with me for, I think, probably the last 12 years. Oh, I think we both know who that was as well. Yes. Oh, that's excellent (laughs) advice. And something you wish you knew before you joined the industry. Ooh, that's that's tricky, because... I think like a lot of people, I ended up in this industry, whether it's uh-huh. business events or tourism, via different routes. So um, yeah. mm, that, that's a very difficult question. What I, what do I wish I'd know, known? I think a lot of it is tourism is a bit like teaching. Everyone's mm. an expert on tourism. <laughs> that's very true. Everyone has an opinion. Everyone knows something good or bad. Everyone has a very strong opinion as to what perhaps organisations like Visit Scotland do. 
and it's the same i come from a family of teachers and i know that everyone's an expert on teaching too yeah. so i think i wish i'd known a bit more about the you know the distinction between both sides of the fence the private sector and the public sector and i come from private sector so i yeah i, I get i understand how hoteliers think how how the private sector thinks but also i can see the tremendous amazing work that public sector does mm-hmm. it's a completely different kind of way of working and thinking um yeah. but fundamentally you know the public sector and visit scotland we are doing what industry cannot do or yeah. won't do on its own and you know it's taxpayers money you have to be extremely careful what you do with it and make sure you're adding value Everybody's got the role to play on the different sides of the business. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to but jump it's in. Also, I was, oh, sorry. No, sorry. you go. Far too keen. Far too keen. <laughs> right, Rory, jump, please I, jump in. I wore glasses last week, and the thing I said was, um, "We wish. I wish I'd known just how how huge the hospitality industry was, and it wasn't. Um, you know, when I first went in, it was as an event planner in a hotel, and you kind of thought there was um, waitering to then go up to restaurant manager to go up to general manager, and that was kind of where. Uh, exactly but it stopped in your knowledge um and then over the years there's been the the conference centers international business events the public sectors new service visit scotland and that's something that i still think is a slight unknown it's just Mm -hmm. how um diverse the industry is and the opportunities there i mean i started out going at university doing teaching um, I now work in Visit Scotland doing business events you know people who do marketing at university but I potentially don't see you know the, the huge opportunity we come over to Visit Scotland or even marketing in hotels and conference centres and how what the the, the huge opportunities that are there and that's just that that's it's so huge I yeah. don't think it's understood that's true I'd also say it's a lot of fun probably more fun than I thought it would be originally no definitely I mean the, I think the entire hospitality sector which Every government in the world has had a torrid 18 months trying yeah. to work out where it began and ended. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the entire hospitality world. It's unmistakably, it's a career where you go places and you meet people or find yourself in situations that you just simply wouldn't be in in yeah. most normal sectors. Yes, normal sectors. Yeah. I think that about sums it up nicely. But so can before- I go back to your conversation about the... Um, you know, what you take to a conference, Barocca. You need that in this industry <laughs> continuously because it's not nine to five. <laughs> no, it's definitely not nine to five. You have to have the stamina. And on that note, before we head back into session, quick fire, drinks reception or intimate dinner? Neil first. Intimate dinner. Oh, surprising. Rory? Drink reception. Thought you'd say that. No, absolutely <laughs> not a surprise at all. No, none, none whatsoever. So drink reception, Rory, followed by a meal or just... Oh, it's not eating cheating. <laughs> <laughs> right, gents, on that note, we better head back into session. Oh, I hope the speakers are good. Me too. <laughs> the next session is about to begin. Please make your way back to the auditorium. The next thing we'll look at is that, as we all know, COP26 will unite more than 190 world leaders, with an estimated 30,000 delegates in Glasgow. Looking beyond the economic benefit, what do you think are the longer-term benefits to Scotland from hosting this event? And I'm going to go to you first for that, Neil. Well, I think um, in terms of hosting COP26 and Glasgow, it's already one of the world's great cities. It's certainly one of the world's great Congress cities. It's very well known to people in Europe and it has very high name recognition 
around the world. Everyone's heard of Glasgow. But I think events like COP26, almost uniquely like COP26, have the ability to really stamp a city's name on the consciousness of the world in a way, possibly second only to Olympic Games. Um, we look at back at some of the other cities related to COP, um, Paris, still talk about the Paris Agreement, mm -hmm. and also Kyoto, a Japanese city. It's very historic, very cultured, cultural Japanese city. It was the ninth largest in Japan. I, I looked that up. But <laughs> I think I speak for many people that, you know, I hadn't really heard of Kyoto. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not the first Japanese city to spring to mind uh, uh, after Tokyo and um, others. But let's be honest, Kyoto is on the tip of most people's tongue when it comes to agreements and stuff. Whether people actually understand or know what the Kyoto Agreement was, that's a different thing. But <laughs> with COP26 coming to Glasgow, it's a huge opportunity, once in a generational opportunity for Glasgow to become part of the vernacular around the entire climate debate for, mm -hmm. for people at every extremity of the discussion, whether they're... Um, you know, completely buying into it or they're skeptical about it. Um, it. It's a great opportunity for Glasgow. It's almost like an inbuilt legacy. Um, from an operational point of view, um, we're very experienced in Scotland with delivering vast events with saying 30,000 people in Glasgow for, or across the central belt for COP26, not all at once. And that 30,000 doesn't sound much when you think of a football crowd or a rugby crowd. Um, but that's a lot. But we have the credentials and the capacity and the confidence and the experience to deliver a very, very efficient and memorable COP26. So I think the legacy potential is, is huge for, for Glasgow and, um, and the country of Scotland. Glasgow on the map? More so than it already is. <laughs> <laughs> and anything that you'd like to add to that, Rory? I think Neil's covered um, it pretty succinctly. I think he but... has. Um, but no, definitely. I mean, Glasgow is now, if it wasn't already known to most people on the planet, it now absolutely is. Um, yeah. And it is going to be the most important event that is not just happening in Scotland or in the UK, but it's going to be the most important event that happens on the planet this year, you know, with the reports that have come out from various different organisations that we kind of are on our last opportunity to turn things around, this is going to be one of the most important events potentially of our entire generation. And it's happening here in Glasgow, it's happening here in Scotland. Um, and that is an incredible legacy for the country to have for, you know, however many years to come. If it's also, you know, we have to acknowledge that if we're looking in from the outside, you know, it can swing both ways. So mm -hmm. the stakes are very, very high for everyone concerned. Yeah. Um, Scottish government, UK government, um, the actual outputs, the outcomes of COP26 in Glasgow, you know, they won't be known till quite far down the line, but there will be a general sense of whether or not it went well yes. there and then. Yeah. So perhaps less, less, well, unlike any other business event, which it doesn't have quite this spotlight, we don't want Glasgow to be the, the place where it all unraveled. <laughs> because let's be honest, we can't control that. We can't, but we have the ability, we have the knowledge, we have the setup. Yes. And we also have the passion. Oh, yes. So I, I, mean, think the I mean, the discussions within the. Oh, you mean the discussions? <laughs> yes. Glad you mentioned that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, for the, for the discussions, absolutely. And, let, and for all of our sakes, we hope that that's a good outcome for the world. Um, and the fact it was discussed in Glasgow is the icing on the cake for all of us.
on that note, what can Scotland learn from hosting COP26, do you think? What benefits will it have to for us? And I'm going to start that one directed at Rory. Oh, big question. You know, if you look at this from a business events perspective at the very basic level, you know, this is the largest event that we have ever hosted as a not just as a city in Glasgow, but as a country. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be huge learnings on how we we host that, you know, what we can do better in the future, if we if we need to do anything better in the future, and how we can attract events of that size and importance to Scotland as a continuing thing um, going forward. But the learnings are really going to come afterwards. You know, once we get the outcomes of COP26, the decisions that have been made, what we need to do as a as a world, as a society, in order to combat the crisis that's when we're really going to come into play and that's where we need to step up as an industry um, to translate what goes on at COP26 into our day-to-day operations to ensure that we do absolutely everything we can. And that could involve some tough conversations, um, that could involve some incredible innovation that takes place over the next few years. But what comes out of COP26 is really going to be where the learnings come from and where we have to step up and prove that you know coming meeting face-to-face is absolutely fundamental and how to be ensure that we um, secure our own industry and use the uniqueness of our industry to solve other problems that may come come down the line. Um, yeah, I think the the learnings are going to be absolutely enormous um, once we once the events posted, once we have the outcomes, um, and it's going to be challenging. But I think it's going to be it's going to be the ride of a lifetime. <laughs> That's a very good description, and I would agree with that. <clears throat> and I think what comes from it is something we knew needed to happen anyway in terms of our industry. What do you think, Neil? I agree with what Rory says. I think some of the um, outcomes won't be known till further down the road. Mm-hmm. But I do think there will be some kind of white paper or something issued on the day, a bit like G7. You know, they always yeah. sort of make out they've done something off note, but a bit like the huge medical congresses we all work with, it can take years yeah. for people to either know that something happened or that something uh, tangible happened. And then they can trace it back and say, oh, yes, that was Glasgow. 2021. Yeah. Um, I think COP will be slightly more across it than that. But I think one thing that Glasgow and Scotland can get out of this is perhaps a better understanding of, of um, what is called legacy. And I think legacy is a terribly overused word and it's sort of lost a lot of meaning over the years. Legacy is often planned, but then fizzles out as soon as something happens or passes. Mm-hmm. Um, once, once the media is gone. And in the world of business events with PCMA, uh, one of the organizations we work with, uh, they talk about future building. And I think that's exactly what uh, COP26 can help us in Scotland to address. And what better way to address the future or future build, uh, building the future than discussing the, the planet's very existence. So that's what I hope will come from this. Yeah, and I think that's a really, really good point with the legacy or the future building aspect of it. There, I mean, we're already seeing initiatives coming out from various different um, stakeholders and partners throughout Scotland because of COP26. And those are initiatives that are going to last for from now until forever until they improve the initiative or the next initiative comes along. It's not a flash in the pan um, thing that will last for the duration of the event and then two weeks afterwards and nobody will forget. And so it is absolutely the very definition of future building from events. And that's something that we can take and see how we can implement that to every other event that comes into Scotland so that every scientific, every technology, every educational event that lands in Scotland has a longevity there once that event leaves to help improve 
whatever part of society or innovation or the corporate culture that um, it's trying to change or trying to achieve. Fantastic. Which leads us nicely onto our next question, which is, as we all know, Glasgow has some impressive green credentials and some ambitious plans to be one of the greenest cities in uh, Europe and a target for carbon neutrality by 2030. What can other destinations learn from Glasgow and indeed from other Scottish cities, would you say? Neil, let's start with you. Well, Glasgow, as a lot of listeners may know, its, it's name is Dear Green Place. That's what it means. You know, half of the job is done, perhaps, or, or maybe not. <laughs> um, and I think Glasgow is, has a reputation for being you know, particularly joined up as a city. All the agencies within the city are very joined up. They speak to each other and they get things done. And I think like any big city, it's Scotland's big city by a fair, fair distance. They're looking at ways with transportation, um, clean living, ventilation, everything else. Edinburgh's in the same boat. Aberdeen, Dundee are big cities. I think it'll galvanise them. I would like to think that the world has a lot to learn from Scotland. Certainly the Scottish government is very ambitious. Um, yeah. and I think COP26 is a way to project that and say, well, look, look at us. We hosted COP26. How can we help you with your plans? Yeah, focuses so there's, the mind. There's a, there's a way of balancing the, the pride in hosting it with... Mm -hmm. um, wanted to share what we learn and I think also acknowledging that we've got a lot to do as well. Yeah, I think yeah. that's fair enough. Rory, what would you add to that one? Um, I mean, Glasgow do a fantastic job. You know, they do that because they are, um, it's very much Team Glasgow. Um, and that's what they use themselves as a, as to describe how they work together. Um, so the Convention Bureau works with the venues and the hotels. The Convention Bureau works with Glasgow Life. They work with the local council. I mean, they are one team. You know, Glasgow currently ranks on the Global Sustainability Index, or the Global Destination Sustainability Index, sorry, um, number four in the world, which is an incredible feat for any Absolutely. city to have. Um, and that's one thing where every city, you know, maybe cities who aren't quite as high up in Scotland or across the UK or, or globally, if they want to improve, then they need to work together and there needs to be that collaborative approach. Um, you know, one of the big things about sustainability is it's not a competition and that we all have to work together um, to achieve the aims that are required um, now, that are required after COP26. Um, and that's one of the, the biggest things is that as an industry, we need to work together. This is not about Scotland looking inwards and being isolator. No, is working in, in isolation. isolation. Yeah. <laughs> working isolation to achieve, because we just for uh, for some reason become the most sustainable country in the world, just say, it doesn't matter because if the less every other country in the world isn't the most sustainable country in the world, then it doesn't impact climate crisis. So we need to work collaboratively just like Glasgow do on a global scale. And that's one thing that, you know, the entire industry, the entire world, every city out there, every country can learn from um, Glasgow is that working together is the only way that we're going to combat this. Fantastic. Thank you both very much. This brings our session to a close. We hope you've enjoyed it and will join us again next time when we'll be discussing business events for change, an international association's perspective. Thank you for attending today's session. See you soon.